as we're in the final in the final phase of our retreat as we just come back from the house and as we have gathered here in the name of Jesus Christ right now let's just come together we don't have to make a lot of noise but in the whisper of the voice of our own voices and I don't want us to speak too loud where we distract one another but I want you to whisper to God and tell him how much you love him how much you desire him and how much you need him right now and how much you want him that you need him that he is your breath that he is your everything declare that as your praise and worship before God can we just do that right now before we go ahead and go again transition into the message let's just get our heart ready let's just declare our love our love letter to our Father in heaven. Let's lift up our voices and the whispers of our voices. Let's shout it out from the bottom of our heart. But again, we're going to whisper to God and tell Him how much we love Him, how much we desire Him. Can we just pray together right now? Steadfast, God, in the, not just in the year, 
We went over, God, what it means to find rest in you. And the reference was 1 Kings chapter 19. When Elijah ran away, scared and afraid of his life, when he wanted to quit, God, he went with the intent to quit and to quit the ministry, to quit the calling to the point where he wanted to die, Father. You gave him rest. So let us not forget that's about finding rest in you, finding rest for my soul, my heart, find rest in the Lord. Find refuge and fortress in the Lord. Father, you have also taught us that God, that it's about being fed, the word of God. That God, that as you fed Elijah the food and the water, your feet, you fed him the word of God to encourage him for the journey that was ahead, 40 days and 40 nights, until he reached the Mount of Horeb. We understand that that's Mount Sinai. That God, that is a place where you encounter. Father, and as we're here, to hear your message. Lord Father, feed us with your word. Let us dine and eat your word, for your word is sweeter than honey, sweeter than honeycomb. Father, it is a light, a guide to my path, to my feet, O oh God. You have also taught us, Father, and you have reminded us of the question. When you ask us the question, where are you? What are you doing here? God, it's a question for us to reflect and to see within our soul and our heart what is really going on, Father. You don't ask because, God, you don't know. You know all things, Father. We went over in Psalm 139. Before even a word is on my tongue, Father, you know it. And you know it completely, O oh Lord. Father, you know all things. Speak to us. Speak to us. For your servant is listening. And God, as we transition now to the last part of the message, listen. Listen, God, you are speaking. You are here speaking through us. You are speaking through the message. You are speaking through the praise. You are speaking through us in the whisper of your voice, Father. Through your word, you are speaking to us. Let us be challenged today. Cast away every other noise, O oh God. For God, you are greater than all things. Speak to us, Lord, for your servant is listening. Speak to us, Lord. Lord, we thank you. We love you. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, let it be pleasing in your sight, O oh God. I know that, God, that I don't deserve to be here standing in your presence, to be speaking your word. But, Lord, thank you that you have called me. And I will humbly, if you will, Lord, I'll do it with everything that I can. Not in my own strength, but according to the wisdom and the guidance that comes from you and from you alone. We love you. We thank you. We pray all these things in your precious Son, Jesus Christ, I pray. And God's people pray. Amen. Amen. It's good to see Jonathan, Jerry, Harry, and Brother Enrico. I know that you guys weren't able to uh, visit us, join us for the retreat. Uh, KP uh, is probably still driving. And let's just pray for her safety as well. She went to school. The retreat was really good. It was a time of blessing. And I know that we 
always have some sort of challenges here and there. I mean, nothing serious, nothing bad. But challenges are good because uh, that's what keeps us on our toes and makes us aware of just why we do what we do, right? We do it for the Lord. And we are here for a purpose and a reason. And I believe that the last message here is really going to tie everything together. Again, the reference that we've been going over is 1 Kings chapter 19. So let's just really listen to the voice and the message that God has for us today. Amen? So with that, let's go to the title and turn to your neighbor and say, listen. Listen, for God is speaking to you right now. For God has been speaking to you this past week, your whole life, since the day you were born, God has been pursuing and has been speaking to you. How does God speak to you? God speaks to you through his word. If you're a child and if you have parents who made you read the Bible or they read the Bible to you or you had to, if you had a terrible Korean parents, they made you write it in Korean and you had to write it in a journal. I remember my friend had to do that and he hated it. But if you had the opportunity to hear the word of God when you're young in Sunday school, growing up, hearing the word of God, you are so blessed. And that is how God speaks to us. First and foremost, he speaks to us through his word. And the question is, are we listening to the word of God? Are we listening to his word? Or are we listening to the noises and other things in this life? The temptations and the desires and the way that the world pursues things. Are we pursuing the way of things of the world? Or are we really pursuing the word of God? What the word of God says. Not just we could hear the word of God. But there's a difference in listening, for listening means you're applying and you're living the life, the call, the message that God has for us through the word of God. An article I read, a young man applying for a job for a Morse code operator, back when telegraph code was the fastest method of long distance communication, answering an ad in a newspaper, he went in for an interview. He dressed himself all well, and he had the best, he said, I'm going to have the best attitude, and I'm going to dress my best clothes, wear my best tie, wear my best coat, best shoes, best of everything, and I will get the job. He had the best attitude. He said, I will get this job. And he dressed his best and went to the office, along with many others. He was sitting there. All of a sudden, time passed. No one came out, nothing. All of a sudden, a man came out of the office and said, you can all go home now, for we have now been calling you for calling for anyone for about 20 minutes for you to come in. And they were saying it through the Morse code. And he was applying for that job as a Morse code operator. If you're not listening, the train will leave. If you are not listening, the opportunity will, be, will, will leave and you'll be left behind. When it comes to the Word of God, we could have so many Bibles at home. We could have all the opportunities. We could hear the messages. We could hear the praise songs, worship songs. We can have all these different things. But if we're not listening with our heart, with true conviction, then that moment will pass us by to the moment where it will be too late. Before we go ahead to the, our first Kings chapter 19, our main passage as reference, Let's go ahead and go to 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1 through 10. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1 through 10. 
And the title is called The Lord Calls Samuel. I want to encourage you to go ahead and to open up the Bible because we haven't been doing on the, the screen for the retreat. It's good. It keeps us sharp on our toes. It helps us find where the books are in the Bible. So 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1 through 10. It says, The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. Now Samuel is the next in line to take over this line, this work of Eli, for he was a priest of God. In those days, the war of the Lord was rare. So when it says here, in those days, the war of the Lord was rare, it's not that God was not speaking, but it's saying that But because nobody at that time, they desire to listen to the word of God. They had no desire to hear and to listen to the voice of God. Therefore, God, he was speaking, but people were not listening. Therefore, that was the reason why it says God's word was rare. They did not take heed of God's voice and his warnings. They did not take God seriously. They were intentional in ignoring God's voice. And we understand in the previous chapter in 1 Samuel chapter 3, we understand in the previous chapters, we understand the story of Eli and his sons. They were wicked. Again, they were the priestly line. They were supposed to be just like me in a sense where as a pastor, I'm supposed to do things in a right way with integrity and holiness before God. It says they would go and sleep with the women outside the tent. They would steal the food that was meant for sacrifice. They would break laws, traditions, and they dishonor God. And Eli, as the father, he did nothing to discipline, to bring punishment to these wicked sons of Eli. And that's why it says, in those days, the war of the Lord was rare. So Samuel was next in line. God had chosen him in his mother's womb to choose him for the work that God had called him to do. It says here that there were not many visions. One night in verse 2, one night Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. Verse 3, the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. I mean, think about this. I mean, there's so much description here, even in this one verse alone. What, what was Samuel doing? Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord. He was at the house, at the temple where God reigned. And it says, it's not he wasn't just in the temple, but it says that he, lie, he lied down, not just in the house of the Lord, but he was where the ark of God was. What was the ark of God? The ark of God represented the presence of God. So he was in the presence of God. Then the Lord called Samuel, and God is speaking. Again, the word of God was rare. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. Here I am. And he ran to Eli, not God, and said, here I am, you call me. He thought it was Eli's voice. But Eli said, I did not call, go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you call me. 
My son, Eli, said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. He's like kind of getting cranky. Stop it. I didn't call you. Go back. Verse 7. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The Lord of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You call me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. I mean, Eli, yes, he was one of the uh, individuals in the character where he didn't really finish strong. Right? He did not have the best of legacy of his life, the things that he did. But at least he knew that in that crucial moment, that he knew that it was the voice of God. And Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli, in verse 9, told Samuel, Go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, Say this, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came down and stood there, calling as the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel says, speak, for your servant is listening. We understand here that hearing and listening to the voice of God is not a matter. It's not so much a matter if God is talking. Again, God is always speaking. He's always speaking to you through the word. He's speaking to you even right now through the message. It's not a matter of if God is talking, but rather, am I listening? Are you listening? Are you just hearing the message? Are you here going through the motions, hearing the same message, the same word, the same thing, the challenges week after week? But are you truly listening to the word of God? We say things like, I will listen if God would just speak visibly, out loud to me, in my head or something, then I think we need to take you to a different type of hospital, right? Instead, we need to have an attitude that says, yes, Lord, I will listen. Your servant is listening. How? Through the word of God. Through the word of God. That's the primary and the best and the only way well, I'm not going to say the only way for God can speak to us through anything, but that is the primary way that God speaks to his servants, to his people, through the word of God. In the past, the word of God was rare. They had the ark of God. They had the tabernacle. And there's all these different methods to enter the presence, the holy presence of God. And they had to make sacrifices in order for them to have access to this place. But now, after Jesus Christ died on the cross, we have full access to the throne of God. When we pray, when we have faith, when we have a relationship, when we study God's word, that's when God, that's how God speaks to us in this day and age, in our generation. That's how God speaks to us, through the word of God. Through the word of God, we are able to hear and listen to his voice. So let's go to our main character, 
our main passage, 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 11 through 13. Uh, let's actually put it up because I noticed the priest team guys don't have the <laughs> Bibles. Okay. Um, just wait for the screen. Okay, good. Okay, 1 Kings chapter 19. 11 to 13, it says this. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. For the Lord is about to pass by. You guys ever go surfing? You guys ever go somewhere where you're expecting something? They say, wait for the wave, wait for the wave. You're expecting, you're expecting, expecting. You're waiting, wait for the cab. You're waiting, waiting, waiting. How exciting here. It says, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. For the Lord is about to pass by. I mean, no one has ever experienced this kind of thing. As Elijah was about to experience here. I mean, the excitement. Think about it. In that same chapter, earlier in the verses, we see what? He had ran away. He wanted to quit. He was in a place of desperation. He was afraid. Just like you guys, maybe before the retreat, you, were, you had a different mindset. You had a thing where you wanted to find satisfaction in other things, but you realized the only satisfaction you could find is in God. We, are, we had a, even in one day, what a change, what a difference. And here, Elijah's life is never going to be the same. The expectation that you go stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for God is about to pass by. For the Lord is about to pass by. I mean, think about it. Like, Elijah's like, okay, so I did amazing things. I'm pretty, I'm pretty big, right? I'm, pretty, I'm a hit. I'm, I'm amazing. God loves me. Like, I did amazing. I went against 850 prophets of Baal and Esherah. I did all these amazing things. God is going to do something crazy. Like, he's going to send, like, this miracle and this crazy loud noise and all these different things. He's expecting something powerful, something big. But it says this, Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But it says here, But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. I mean, <laughs> guys, an earthquake. Like, don't think it's like a do 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 do. It's like <laughs> how is he even alive? It's like <laughs> think about it. I, I'm just like being so visual. Like it's like <laughs> rock shattering. It's like Super Saiyan four, five, six, seven. God, <laughs> earthquake. After the earthquake came, a fire. I mean, this is crazy. I mean, this is crazier than KP's friend Mandy, six foot four. This is like getting nuts. Fire, earthquake, fire, and the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. Turn to your neighbor and say, gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Turn to yourself and turn to your neighbor and say, gentle whisper. Whisper in your heart and say, gentle whisper. May God speak to you today in a gentle whisper.
Elijah knew that at this moment that the whisper, the gentle whisper was God's voice. God does not always reveal himself in loud and powerful ways as we saw here in this chapter. Miracle after miracle. If you know anyone among your peers or your friends and people who love these big conferences and they seek these big things and they're not all bad things. But if that becomes your main thing, in a praise team, we only do well only if the attendance is bigger than 100. We only go and we perform only if it's bigger than a group of 50 or retreat. I will guest speak only if the group is over 100. If you match a certain amount, then that's only, only then will I give my best. We live in a generation right now, guys, that we are living in a miracle generation, miracle-seeking generation. And that was the same type of generation that Jesus was, was preaching against, that he warned us about. For those who seek miracles, they will not last in the kingdom of God. Because we don't live in a world of miracle, 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 amazing, big, 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 big things. We don't live in a movie life. Most of the time, life is very mundane. There's excitement here and there. There's a lot of struggles, a lot of things, and a lot of different things that come. And it's in the quiet moment that as you go to sleep, and when you're hungry and desperate, and when you're in your bed, you have nothing left but to give to God, just even the tears just flooding through your pillow. And it is in that moment, God's presence is present. And that's when he speaks in a gentle whisper. Jesus says in Matthew 12, 39, he answered a wicked and adulterous generation. They asked for a sign. But none will be given it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. What, is, what does that mean, the sign of the prophet Jonah? Jesus is saying, look, you guys are following me, and only wicked generation, only wicked people, adulterous generation, they ask for a sign because they want proof, but there is no faith. But the only proof, the only miracle that they're going to get is a sign of the prophet Jonah. What is the story of the prophet Jonah? He got swallowed by the fish, the giant fish. After three days, he came out alive. In the belly of the fish, he thought he was dead. He, he was dead. Everything was finished. Jesus is talking about himself. The only miracle that I'm going to show you is my resurrection, is my death on the cross, and you see me alive with the nails in my hands, the nails on my feet, with the scars and everything that, I've, I, that I went through for you. That will be the sign. And only then will we be a generation that can truly serve the Lord in faithfulness. And Jesus goes on, even in Matthew 16, he says, O wicked and adulterous generation, they asked for a sign, but none will be given except the sign of Jonah. Jesus then left them and went away. Jesus actually got frustrated with people who were seeking miracle after miracle. We know the story of John 6. Right before that is the feeding of 5,000. It's 5,000 men recorded. So you could imagine over 10,000 people, children, women, a huge number of people. They were there to see a miracle. People being fed with free food, fish, loaves of bread. And then later we see in John, John 6, 
Jesus goes to the other side. He wants to avoid this crazy crowd, this crazy people, for they only care about his popularity, what he can offer them. And Jesus says, eat my flesh, drink my blood. And they didn't understand. They didn't understand the prophet, the sign of Jonah, that when I die, you have to eat my flesh, you have to drink my blood. They're like, he's talking about cannibalism, this is crazy. Like, and they, it says in John 6, 66, they all left Jesus, for they only sought after miracle after miracle. I'm telling you right now, from my childhood, people that I've grown up with who sought after miracles and who sought after these things that are amazing things, big things, they are not here today being faithful and serving the Lord faithfully. For that is not what God has called us to do, to seek miracle after miracle, these big things, these big expectations. But God is in the gentle whisper. God is not always found in big events. Am I saying God can't be in big events? No. But that's not the only thing, and that's not the main thing. God is not in the flashes, the big conferences, the charismatic pastors, these different things that come. But true presence of God is found in the gentle whisper. God is in the gentle whisper, in the quietness. Why? Because that was the character of Jesus. Think about Jesus riding on a donkey. That's a symbol of humility. A king riding on a donkey. If you guys remember Katy Perry, she like rode in, in a lion, rode a lion for a Super Bowl, the special. It's like that song. It's like, what's that song? Arlene knows. She's singing it right now. We want to come with these lights, with wrestlers, WWE. Imagine one of those wrestlers come in riding on a donkey. It's like, what the? Donkey man. I'm Call me donkey man. No one's going to like you. Who's going to like you being a donkey man? Donkey boy. Jesus comes riding on a donkey for the fulfillment of the prophecy. Not to fulfill the prophecy, for he was already chosen before the creation of the world. In Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, it says, Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem, see your king, see your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the fall of a donkey. And that's exactly what Jesus did. Then people can say, oh, Jesus, he planned this, he knew the prophecy, he did that. Okay, so he planned where he would be born. He planned to what family, to a virgin that he would be born. He planned growing up in Nazareth. You cannot control that. Imagine as a child, you're born. Mom, you got to fulfill this prophecy as a baby, talking to the mom. This is it, this is it. Make sure we live in Nazareth. It's impossible. These things, you cannot control where you're born or the family that you're born from. Jesus fulfills every prophecy, all the prophecy that's found in all of Scripture. And it says, and we remember Isaiah 53, that he was despised, rejected by mankind, a man of suffering, familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised, and we held him in low esteem. If you understand the character of God, you understand 
that God is not in the glamour, always. But we understand that doesn't mean that God, just because someone looks weak, just because Jesus is riding a donkey, he's not the king. Strength isn't found when you're bullying someone. Strength is found in who you are and your identity. We don't need to put on these flashy things for us to find security or to make ourselves look important. It's found in the quietness of confidence that comes from knowing what you're able and what you're capable of doing, knowing your worth. So in this sense, if you know the character of God, humble enough to be born as an infant, the incarnation, Jesus, but yet big enough to hold the stars and to create stars in his place. I mean, what an amazing God that we serve. Pastor Piper said this, God is always doing 10,000 things in your life and you may be aware of three of them. Why? Because we are not listening. You're so caught up in your own things right now. Even right now, we're distracted. We're still thinking about what we're going to be doing tomorrow. The worries that we have, what I'm going back to. But you're not listening. You're hearing, but you're not listening. Are you listening? Look at yourself right now and ask yourself, am I listening? Or am I just playing games? Am I just hearing a message? Am I listening to what God is saying to me today? God can speak to anyone, anyone, anyone. He could speak to a person in the desert, like Elijah, like Moses. He met him in the burning bush. God could speak to anyone, even with evil intent, like Paul on the road to Damascus. He was on his way to murder, to bring more Christians for his kingdom and his purpose and for the purpose that he, got, that he felt that he, God had called him to do. And then Jesus meets him on the road to Damascus. And his life is never the same. A person who is broken has nothing. A single mom, a homeless individual, a person who has nothing. A child, an individual who has, who's an outcast in this society. God speaks to the individual as well. So we understand that God's very presence is here right now. Right now as you speak. That's why we don't say, Jesus, let your presence come here. And we know that he's here. We invite his presence here. And he is always here with us speaking to us. And his presence is speaking to you. The question is, are you listening? God hasn't changed. We changed. Are we listening? His presence is accessible and available today. His voice is available right now, today. How? Through the word of God. Through the word of God. Earlier I mentioned, are we just hearing or are we listening? What is the difference? Hearing means you're just hearing the noise. You're like the first Corinthians 13, resounding gong. You just, you have no love. You're just the noise. You're just hearing the noise. You're hearing the noise. We're here, we're clapping. We're just, we're hearing the noise, the worship song. We're hearing a song. 
But are we truly listening to the message that God is speaking to us, even through the praises? And I pray that as a church, that we will never be found in a place where we become so used to having the word. Oh, John 3.16, I've heard that before. Yeah, it's good. I get a tattoo. I have a tattoo. Yeah, I get it. It's, it's good. They're all good. And we have no conviction. When was the last time we mourned? We had tears flowing down when we, read, when, we, when we have read the word of God. When was the last time that you were challenged in your own personal life? We're so good at church, looking good. When the lights are good, the light has to be dim. Everything has to be perfect. The music, everything. Then I can, yes, this is it. This is my thing. When was the last time when you're alone in your room and you had this moment, First Kings 19 moment, as Elijah had, in the gentle whisper? We're so caught up in the wrong things. And yes, we should be afraid. Yes, we should. For we are caught up in the wrong things. For Jesus calls us, for people who seek after these miracle after miracle, he calls us a wicked and adulterous generation. And that is a generation that we are living in right now. That includes you, that includes your family, your friends and your neighbors, people around us. We are living in a time where things are so fragile. We're living in a time where we need to seek and listen to the voice of God. What's the best way to listen to someone? What's the best way? I mean, what's the best way? What's the best way to listen? You scratch, do this, pick your nose, what, fart? You have music playing in the other ear and they're like talking. I feel like a lot of brothers do that. Those who have brothers do that. They always have like a earpiece in their ear and like, and they, or they talk with the earpiece in their ear. It's like, I hate that. So what are you doing? What's the best way to listen? The best way to listen is what? To desire it. You want to listen. You don't listen because you don't want to. Why is it that you're not listening to the voice of God? Because deep inside, we don't really want it. We want other things. Better to be honest with yourself than to pretend. For God knows all things. Why are we pretending? When we just talked about that God, he knows everything that's in our heart. Only when you, when, when you can be truly honest with who you are and how really bad we really are. If you're sitting here and you think, oh, I am not that bad, I'm actually pretty good. I go on missions, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good. I do, I do offering, I'm, I'm not a bad person. Only when we come to a place of brokenness as Elijah did when he came and he was in the broom bush in the desert. I mean, think about where he was and who he was. He wanted to quit. He wanted to die. He was in the most hopeless situation of his life. It is in that moment he was able to listen. For deep inside, he still desired to listen to the voice of God.
he desired after it. Therefore, we must desire to listen to his voice. To his voice. To his voice. The problem is not God. It's us. God has never changed and he will never change. He is the same yesterday, today, forever. He is not a shifting shadow. When the sun goes, it changes, it changes directions, shapes. He's not a fickle God, but he is the rock, the ultimate rock, the rock of all ages, the one who will never change, the one who is to come. It's not just about desiring, it's also what? We need to empty the junk. We need to empty the junk. The junk that we are feeding our mind with. You know, you guys gotta be careful when we do these like um, meditation. They say free your mind, empty your mind. And Christians, they do that, they say, Okay, empty my mind. Okay, if you want to empty your mind with, with, away from godly things, okay, then what do you think is going to fill your mind with? Right away, all the wrong spirits will come and fill your mind. And you need to fill yourself with the word of God. And as you feed yourself with the word of God, that's the first thing. And listen. And then in the process of that, you empty your junk. Not cold turkey everything. And then God filled me. It's like the analogy that we gave with the water. With the Coke. The best way is to continue pouring that water until all the junk and the dirt comes out as you are filled with the word of God. Because if you try to empty yourself, you say, I want to quit smoking. I want to quit this. I want to try things in my own strength. I guarantee you, you will not last and you will quit. For I've been there. Don't empty your mind. Fill your mind with the word of God, with the truth. And in that process, cancel out certain junks in your life. Some of us, we have wrong friends who are telling us the wrong things. We have friends like Jonadab in the story with David, a friend who encourages him to sleep with his own sister, his half-sister Tamar. I mean, what kind of friend and crazy person is that? And then he is able to listen to that voice. Eve listening to the serpent's voice for she was not filled with the word of God. Adam was, or maybe it looked like it, and he was right there as that was happening. He did nothing. Fill yourself with the word of God. Fill your mind with the word of God. Some of us, we have those friendships, relationships that we need to cut. And I'm not advocating cutting and don't, you know, betray them and these I'm saying, be careful who you listen to. Be careful who is in your inner circle, who is whispering into your ears in the shadows when you're having a hard time. Watch the relationships. Some of us in media, there's many different things that are taking away our distractions, the junk. That's keeping our focus away from the Lord. We need to turn back to him. 
We need to turn back to him. I pray that you will not take this message lightly. Just because we come to church every week, we hear a message, and then we think we're okay, and then, oh, I'm okay last week, I'm okay. I just came from a retreat place, and I'm fine. But never forget that it's about today. Your salvation is about today. It's about living your life every day for God. And you may think that I'm being extreme or I'm being too harsh. I guarantee you, if we're not fighting on our knees, if we're not passionately pursuing after God, you will be casual and you will not last. Eventually, we will walk away. And in the end, we'll find ourselves in a position where we're going to regret. And I pray that we will never be in that position of Matthew 25, that we are the goats. And Jesus says, away from me, you evildoer for I did not know you. We are so good at acting and looking good at church, me included. The reason why I'm saying this is because I'm saying this to myself and I'm frustrated with myself. But only in brokenness, only in desperation like Elijah, can you be saved. And how, how do we become saved? Well, we know, except Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior know that he died and he rose again we know the truth we know everything but we are so easy to forget the goodness of God and we pursue our own desires I pray I pray I pray that our church that as we grow in number or different things as the seasons change that we will never forget that God will never change. I pray that we will never be a praise team. I mean, you guys did a great job today. But I really hope that our heart, that our heart is really right before God. In our worship, do it out of reverence and fear before the Lord. Everything that we do. Please don't take God for granted, his presence and his voice for granted. When I say his voice, I'm talking about the word of God. Hebrews 10, 19 to 20. Jeremiah 29, 10 to 14. But I'm going to ask just Andy to come up. And I want all of us right now to just close our eyes praise team do not worry about your responsibilities right now for that is not important Andy as we're on the keyboard let's make sure that our heart is right before God at this time this, this is a message that includes you and I. I don't care about titles. I want us to strip down every title. We are standing naked before God right now. No hiding. No pretending. We are so good at hiding behind the bush. We are so good at having, hiding with fig leaves, with our shame and guilt, looking good. Going back to the question last night, where are you? What are you doing here? When God asked Elijah, what are you doing here? Going to today. That the presence of God was found in the gentle 
whisper. I pray, I pray that we will be in a place, we will truly be in a place that we are so sensitive to the conviction of God, to His Word, that dare we, dare we live and continue to live in our rebellion and in our sin. Dare we hide behind titles and platforms and podiums. If God were to strike me dead right now with everything, saying that I am not worth it, that I have not what it takes, that I have not been faithful, then God is just. For I know who I am, I know what I am. That I am a hypocrite, that I am rebellious before Him, that I continue to fall in sin and, and rebellious with, with intent, and I fall and I disgrace the name of God. Every single day I know who I am, and I'll say, God, in your justice, yes, you can. And yes, it is right and it is fair. But praise be to God for His mediator, for our mediator. Praise be to God for Jesus Christ who came and died for me. Who am I, God, that you love me and that you care for me? God, when I'm naked before you, God, I have nothing. I fall short in so many ways. I compromise behind the curtain, behind the scenes. You see me for who I am. Father, forgive me, Lord. I need you right now. Speak, Lord, for I am listening. For you've been speaking to us. You've been crying. You've been seeking after us, pursuing us. Dare we forget the goodness of God and the work of the cross and what you did for us. We need to repent. As a church, we need to repent. As an individual, you need to repent. I need to repent. We need to come before God right now. We need to seek His face. We need to ask the Lord for forgiveness, for hiding behind our titles, for hiding behind the things, the work, the physical work, the good deeds, and the merits that we have built for ourselves, our Christian resume that is garbage before God. Everything I consider a loss, Paul says. Everything, everything but Christ himself. Some of you, you have amazing Christian resume, worship leader, mission trips. I have this position, I have this experience. I've been going to church all these years. I read the Bible every day. I have a checklist that I do. I give this, this amount of money to church. Do you know what I am? Do you know who I am? Yes, I do. God sees us and He sees that we are all fall. We fall short in the, in, in the, from the glory of His glory, of His holy glory, of His holy presence. That we all fall short of the glory of God. That we all fall sin under the power of sin. We need to come before God right now. This includes every single one. Every single one here in this room, we need to repent. As a church, we need to hear His voice in the gentle whisper. 
for God is calling us to run back to Him. Repent. Repent, for there is life. It's not in the act of repentance, but who is listening to your repentance? It is God Himself, the living God, the one who loves me and the one who died for me. We have been living so long in our own rebellion that we are so blinded. We are so proud. Oh God, let us be a broken church. Let us be a church that is broken before you, God. Lord, break me beyond my measure. Break me beyond my measure, oh God. Don't use me beyond my character. Father, humble me right now. I humble myself. Jesus, teach me your ways that I may walk in your truth. I want to invite you right now. If you need to go and go on your knees, right on that spot in that chair of yours, don't be afraid. A proud individual will never fall down and repent before God. For they are a savior of their own life. We just right now without any worry about who's next to us this is between you and God that is it can we just come as a church right now can we seek and cry out to our father in heaven and as you pray in the whisper of your voice listen to his gentle whisper the peace of God that transcends understanding that come upon you that will give you peace and understanding and truth and the truth will set you free. The only person who can set you free is Jesus Christ himself. Do not be mistaken. You cannot save yourself. Your works are for nothing. Only Christ can save you. Can we pray together? Can we pray together as a church? Let's pray together. Let's seek his face. Seek the face of the Lord. Seek his face. servant is listening for I am listening oh God speak to me oh God forgive me of my sins forgive me Lord of my rebellion of my rebellious ways oh God forgive me of my sins that I've committed last week last night today God the heart of rebellion that I have the heart of hypocrisy that I have forgive me Lord for I need you only in you can I be set free for me. God, break this church. Break this church. Let our hearts break for what breaks your heart, oh God. We need you right now. If you're not here with us, if your presence is not here with us, everything we do, God, is for nothing. It's wasted. It's all for nothing. It's all for our personal glory, oh God. Not my glory, not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of God. Your glory, oh God. Let 2020 be a year where we are set free from the bondages of sin, oh God. I pray you would free us from the bondages of sin, oh God. Teach us your ways that we will walk in your truth, oh Lord. Holy Spirit, come. Break us down. Break 
our pride. Break our pride. God, help us not to hide behind the bush that we are so prone, so easy to hide and compromise before you, oh God. Come, speak to us. Speak to your children. Speak to us, for God, I am listening. Speak to us through the gentle whisper of God. Speak to us. Speak to us, God, in this small group, in this small matter. Speak to us, Father, for we are listening. Jesus, we need you. We need you. We need you. We need you, God, right now. We can boldly enter the heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. We have access to God. We have access to eternity with God through the blood that was shed for us, through our mediator, through our savior, through our king. Jesus, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Hebrews 10, 19-20 For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your 
heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. Remember, this passage, Jeremiah 29, 10-14, it's not some feel-good quote that we can reference, that we put in our screen, not understanding the context. The people of God have compromised and they have been sent in exile. They have been cast away from God's presence, from His holy nation. And God says, call on me. Even in your exile, call on me. For I have not given up on you. Even when you're in a place, in a foreign place, even when you're in a place of your desert, even when you're in a place of your trial, in the most difficult moment in your life right now, call out to me. Call out to me. For I still have a plan to prosper you and not to harm you. A plan to give you hope and a future. Seek me right now in your desert. Seek me in your present situation. And find me. You will find me when you seek me with all your heart. And he will speak to you. Gentle whisper of God, Holy Spirit, come speak to your children. Speak to us. Thank you for speaking to us throughout this retreat. Thank you for bringing us back. And the promise is this, that you will not be in your desert forever. The promise here given in Jeremiah 20, 29, and I will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I've banished you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. We are not banished forever. But we must go through the season. We must, and you must come out of this desert strong. Lord, let this church, as we have gone through so many different things, ups and downs, let us be faithful and start this year in a way where God, with the theme of steadfast, where we truly honor you. For God, this is not the final end. The cave of Adullam is not my final end. For God, there's more. The journey is not over. The journey is not finished. Whether it's today, tomorrow, next year. If I have one year, God, I will live to the best way, seeking your face with everything that I have, not wasting my time, but seeking your word, listening to your voice, and to do the work that you have called me to do. Father, we declare our praises to you. Lead our hands, God. Lead our hands to the place of everlasting, to the place on our knees, for on our knees where we will find you. In repentance, we will be forgiven by you. In repentance, the blood of Jesus Christ will come and wash away our sins. And through your blood, we have access 
to the most holy place, the presence of God, to the presence of God. Let this year be a year, not a year where we are showy and loud, but let it be a year that is found and marked by steadfastness and faithfulness in our private life. And out of the overflow of the private life, we'll let it leak and be shown in where we are in public, school, work, in our families, situations, difficult situations, in our driving, when we eat, how we eat, how we speak, what we say, what we do, our actions, the things that we watch in private. Lord, let it honor your heart, O oh God. Help us to honor the moral will of God within that foundation. I pray, God, that we will live faithful, faithfully for your kingdom and for your purpose. We thank you. We love you. We thank you for this time, for speaking to us. Pray all these things in your precious Son, Jesus Christ's name I pray, and God's people pray, amen.